the pride of Limerick, the young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 164 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan and with me, like every week, is the Laris Carius of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald. As we break down a big week in the world of MMA, we're going to be looking at next week's card in Utica, a UFC card, which I'm not even sure is a real place. We're going to be looking back at last week's uh, UFC Liverpool card, which featured uh, a couple of good fights and a, a lot of talking points there. Bellator card last week as well, and there's a few more things. Verdum, uh, failed drug test, Michael Bisping retired. So we're going to be talking about all those things over the next 55 minutes or an hour or so, and we're going to be answering all your questions as well at the end. Graham, I'm absolutely dying still with a hangover. How are you? I'm all right. I was I was out drinking last night, but I didn't go too heavy. Well, actually, I went heavy enough and just didn't really get a hangover. I think uh, I think I just got away with one. Sometimes you sometimes you should have a hangover and you don't. And other times you have a few points and end up with a hangover. I don't know. It's getting we're getting old, Sean. We, we can't uh, can't can't drink like we used to. Awful, very old. My twenties are behind me now. Fucking getting awful, very old. How was the uh, How was the birthday anniversary? It was good. Now was I. I was drunk for like twenty of the twenty-four hours of my birthday because I was down at a wedding and stuff. So it was, yeah, it was. It was pretty good. But how was? Uh, more importantly, how was uh, the the Champions League final? I missed it. I didn't hear the score or anything. What, what happened? <laughs> Talk us through it. Sure. Well, you were sending me videos and voice memos all over the place, gloating. <laughs> I was. Yeah, yeah. You, you more satisfaction in Liverpool losing than I've ever seen you taking in Man United winning. Yeah, I would definitely way, hate Liverpool way more than I like Man United. Like that's a hundred percent. I like Man United, like, but I, you're a hater. I, I detest. Hater, oh, I am a hater. hater. You heard it here. You admitted he's just a stone cold hater. Hundred percent Liverpool hater. I make no qualms about that. But go on, t- tell us your. Ex- I know people don't like us talking about soccer sometimes, but this is a special occasion. There's going to be none for like next six months anyway. So go on, tell yeah. us. Well, I said on Patreon the Luke Thomas thing. I thought um, if if like I thought Liverpool if they scored first would do well, but I, I thought even if Real Madrid scored first with a worldie that they that Liverpool could be all right and come back and win the thing. But I, I did say if Dejan Lovren or Carius makes a blunder and their, their head's going to fall off for the rest of the game and there's no chance of winning when your goalkeeper or centre defender is running around like a headless chicken. Like when, when the ball's in your hand and then half a second later the ball's in the net, that is just un, that is just completely unacceptable at any level. And then the, the second one is a simple bounce catch. Like you thought that when you're a goalkeeper, when you're four years old, like that is, I don't even know why he's trying to do what he's trying to do. And even when he's trying to do what he's trying to do, he has like 40 yards to react. And it's not that strong a shot. Like it's not as if it's just like 70 mile an hour shot coming at him. It's just diabolical. Like It's diabolical. Mm-hmm. Which, which but, one do you think uh, yeah. it's it, Garrett Bale's goal, like you, something like that, you just got to go, okay, like that's brilliant. But mm-hmm. when it's, it's, it hurts more, it's just so sickening when, when your goalkeeper just shits the bed. Like, mm-hmm. what about Salah though? Uh, yeah, that was a good uh, good arm drag and trip from Sergio Ramos. Got the weight down on him as well. Mm-hmm. The ref's obviously never seen uh, any judo or MMA. Fair play. But I love the way people are like, oh, he tried to break his arm, dislocate his shoulder. Like, like, we tried to throw him into the turf as hard as he could, but like, uh, yeah, he's, he not like him, he's not like him. Like, if you, you go in for a tackle and you break somebody's leg by mistake, it's, you went in for the tackle hard, but you didn't break their leg. Like There has been incidents where people have broken people's legs and it looked on purpose, but mm-hmm. I think he was, he was trying to rough him up. Like He tries to rough up everybody. 
And yeah. Sergio Ramos is a master of the dark arts, and the ref should know this, but he doesn't somehow. Each ref somehow lets him get away with this. He actually elbowed Carrius in the head a, yeah. a few seconds. I thought, that, I thought that was worse. I thought the Carrius thing was worse because at least the, the Salah thing you could, you know, you could explain it away. But he just like went for Carrius, like that was a red card on Carrius. I thought. But when when exactly did that happen? I only saw the that was right before Carrius uh, rolled the ball off Benzema into the, that was like literally right really? before. It could have been fucking days or something, but I don't care. Like, even if you're days, what are you doing? Like, yeah, like, like go down, I, go down and get treatment. Yeah. If you're like, you know, mm-hmm. fucking hell. If I was a Liverpool fan, like, I'd be, I'd be a, bit, a little bit aggrieved in fairness, but I'd be more disappointed as you said there. I think you'd see the same way with Carius was just, it was yeah. just so awful. Like, and you know, I used you said it before that Klopp uh, should have been sacked for not uh, getting the the goalkeeper. I said he wasn't up to the right. job. Or the tweet is actually right. he wasn't he wasn't up to the job of replacing the goalkeeper, and he hasn't been so far. And he's been here for he's been in Liverpool for what three and a half years. You call him for his head, so you want him sacked? No, I'm just saying he's not, he's not to the job of trying to goalkeeper. So then they they just need to get somebody else to go scout. He just needs to be kept out of the. He's too loyal to these guys. He keeps fucking Minilane goal for fucking two years or something. It was mm-hmm. like the guy was a disaster every single game, and he just was too loyal to too loyal to him. So somebody else needs to take it out of Klopp's hands and just go. Like Ferguson was the same. Ferguson couldn't sign a good goalkeeper for fucking ten years after yeah. after Schmeichel. Like sometimes you just you, you don't know that. Like you just keep making mistakes. Somebody else needs to step in and go. This is the guy you need. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, true. Uh, look, you came second anyway in the competition. Man United came second in the league. It was an improvement. <laughs> Uh, United, we, did we talk about Man United not qualifying for the, the coveted Community Shield next year? That was a big blow to you. What are your thoughts on that? No, who cares? Yeah, but look, look. <laughs> oh, the, Man United fans have changed your tune on the, the charity shield. We, we, I, I think both yeah, teams. Yeah, both teams. Everybody's going to stop listening here. Everybody's going to be yeah. like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, we, we had both good season. We'll have to do, we'll probably be doing a soccer podcast some stage anyway, but fair play. We had good season anyway. Congratulations on losing the final. But um, fair, <laughs> fair play, Sergio Ramos. You're a fucking legend. Team Sheehan. Someone needs to gonna come off Team Sheehan. That man's a, the best judo in, in in all of football. So yeah, fair some play. Bitches elbows as well. He's, he's well rounded. Legend. Very well rounded. <laughs> very well rounded. <laughs> all right. Let's get into uh, let's get into UFC Liverpool and. I want to get I want to get straight to the main event, and I suppose before we talk about the actual fight itself, we had we had another weight cutting uh, controversy. Um, Darren Till missed weight; he was one seven four point five pounds here. They said it was a, a family, um, a, uh, what was it? A family issue. His, his wife had some issue with a baby that, that she's carrying, and apparently something. I, I think somebody said that. Uh, I think Till said that to somebody. Um, so, uh, obviously that would take your mind off it a bit, but there was a lot of talk about Till's weight even before all that happened and people were worried that he wasn't going to make it. So, uh, fair enough. He's never, he's never missed weight before, uh, to my knowledge anyway, it, it does make it difficult for the UFC to, uh, historically anyway, UFC wouldn't, Dana White wouldn't really trust people who just missed weight, but maybe Dana understands because, because of everything that was going on and, and the fact of, the matter is he got a ridiculously good reaction from the crowd like everybody was loving it like the, the crowd nearly won him the fight like you know and they were so on his side no selling everything thompson did and all that so yeah. maybe dana will just look at that and be like ah okay i'll take this i'll take the the excuse of, of medical emergency as fact and i'll 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 let this guy have a pass and give him a title shot yeah, it was funny. I was talking a couple, a couple of titles gone around, so there's like you know a couple yeah. of titles. You know, just, you know, the, the, the these bronze. days. Yeah, the bronze title. I was talking a couple of lads actually over the weekend about it, and uh, you know they were talking. You know, people have been kind of comparing him a little bit with maybe McGregor. You know, and, and to come up with the big Liverpool crowd, and McGregor had the Dublin crowd behind him and stuff. Similar like, sense, I think. 
the, the weirdest thing, though, is, and I think the thing that really stood out in this, McGregor never made a misstep like this, you know, making weight. And he's very similar to Till because he is, you know, a huge 145er, cuts down an awful lot of weight, very similar to Till at 170. You know, he never made that big messed up misstep. You know, when he got the, the, the opportunity to fight in, in Dublin, I know it was a lot less... Uh, uh, a talented of a fighter in, in uh, Diego Brandao compared to Wonder by Thompson, but yeah. he, you know, he took the opportunity, got the finish. You know, we'll, we'll get to the result and stuff in a minute, but th- like overall, this Liverpool card, you know, we, we talked about it a lot and you know, the comparisons with UFC Dublin, it, it really didn't live up to that. And I know I didn't watch it live, but obviously, Molly McCann lost here. Um, you know, a few of the uh, that kills the momentum of the last, event, yeah. like you know, the UFC Dublin. It was Paddy Hoolan came out, UFC debut, boom, he gets a submission, everybody's gone mad. And then, like, you have like other guys along the way, and then you have that pen red fight, like, unbelievable, yeah. and, every, and like one of the best comebacks ever, like, you know, it, just a ridiculous fight. And then, and then everybody knows that this McGregor fight is coming at the end, and it's just building and building and building. And he and they, they just didn't have enough Liverpoolians on the card to do that. If Paddy Pimler had been there, it could have been a different story. Yeah, that's that was kind of my feeling throughout the day. But like watching it live, was the how were the crowd like? Was it was there a good build? Were all the English people getting uh, getting a big pass off? Because like I remember talking, it to didn't Sean seem Benson, like it on TV. Yeah. But a lock, a lock, like the sound mixer, whoever's the live sound mixer can can sometimes make it sound one way or another, and sometimes it sounds really loud, and then you hear from people who weren't there that it wasn't that loud, and other times it, it doesn't seem that loud, and apparently it was like the loudest, you couldn't hear yourself t- t- talk and all that stuff, so it does depend on the sound mix, and you get a better evaluation of it when you're there, but uh, it didn't it, it didn't just have that, that unbelievable momentum, and it, it didn't it didn't have, um, it did, it, I think because, because it was less fighters, and because Molly lost in the, what, the second fight of the night, mm-hmm. and because, um, the, the, the fights weren't great you know the uc dublin fights were, were really good like the, mm-hmm. all the fights nearly there was a couple that weren't great but they weren't snorefest like you know they, they didn't take the, they didn't kill the the atmosphere but uh once daniel diamond uh sweet caroline hit the crowd were going nuts for mm-hmm. it seemed anyway for for darren till's walkout and they were really really into that fight like that i think 99 percent of them seemed to seemed to come alive just for that fight yeah, like it seems, you know, we talked about this last week and I think we were just saying this could either be the perfect weekend for Liverpool or a terrible weekend for Liverpool. And it almost turned into the terrible weekend for Liverpool. I know we, we get the decision and stuff in a second and I'll run through what happened in the actual fight. But, you know, obviously Liverpool lost in, in the soccer and it came into this and I, I, a lot of people I saw to weaken is like they're, they were a little bit dead for it after, especially Molly McCann lost. You know, didn't Brad Scott lost as well after that. Another English guy, I know Tom Breeze picked up the win and stuff. But, you know, when it came to the main event... You know, as you said, the Neil Diamond thing maybe picked him up. Did, did you hear on the on the uh, on the broadcast they said "Sweet Caroline" is a Liverpool song? Is it a Liverpool song? I never heard that before. What's that? What's the crack with that? Um, I think Liverpool fans back in the day on the on the cop and stuff were known for the singing like Beatles songs and other songs as well. So maybe right. maybe that was one that they did. Maybe it's kind of like you know Man United have like this is one by the Stone Roses as like one they always play or yeah. I don't know. If I thought it was very like if the obviously it'd be, you'd never walk alone like if it was synonymous with Liverpool and stuff. Yeah, but I I just thought that was uh, still a bl- blue. He's a blue nose, isn't he? No, he's a Liverpool fan, isn't he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah, Molly McCann is never Tony, but however, yeah, poor, poor girl. Yeah, uh, but the fight. Nobody's perfect. I, I suppose we'll uh, we'll get to the fight anyway. And for me. Look, I I'll I'll kind of talk through the, the five rounds because I think this is a fight you need to kind of dissect. Uh, an awful lot. The first round, 
nothing really much happened. Um, Wonderboy was throwing a lot of kicks to the to the legs and, and to the body. Till wasn't throwing much power, and I was kind of I talked about that on the podcast last week that could he change up his game to fight more of a five round thing? And it's something that you know a lot of people maybe don't look at before before fights and just look at the way they used to fight fight rather than the way which they're going to fight in the future. And I think you know I, I was I wasn't expecting it to happen but I thought it was a, a huge possibility that he'd come out and and throw a lot less and I thought because of the because of that he lost the first round I, I gave it to wonder why he was just throwing more leg kicks he seemed a lot faster than him he just seemed you know quick quick twitch stuff he, he seemed a lot better in the second round in I thought <clears throat> I thought till won it he came out he was more aggressive he, he threw a, a head kick and he uh he kind of half caught it on the chest um, as you were mentioned there, he threw this big right hand at one stage, and it just whiffed, missed my mile. And the crowd, you know, the crowd acted like it was McGregor and Aldo, you know, even though it missed. And uh, and Wonderboy, you know, came back and landed a couple. But I, I definitely thought Till won the second. Uh, in the third, I, I had it to Wonderboy. He went back to the, he went back to the leg kicks uh, again. Um, Till Till was throwing a few leg kicks as well, but he started to get countering a little bit of off him in the third, and then he kind of changed it up. Uh, he started to jab instead, uh, but he he thought better of the jabbing as well because Wonderboy was beginning to to kind of pick him off a little bit. I thought he was just a lot faster than him throughout uh, throughout most of the, the fight. He landed one big counter right hand and then two lefts, I think, as well towards the the end of that round. The fourth in, I gave it to Wonderboy as well. I thought that was the the clearest round for Wonderboy, to be honest. Although I, I, a lot of people probably disagree with that. Till was trying to jab again, and Wonderboy was just kind of picking him off with with the counters. Although these these were all very close, you know. When I say picking him off, literally three or four punches in the whole, you know, in the whole, um, in the, in all of these rounds, like, um, you know, it, it was happening again every time. Till was throwing the shots, the, the crowd were going mad, and no selling the, the Wonderboys. But I, he landed a few shots near the end of that as well, and and then in the fifth, um, it was a relatively close round, but Till got that knockdown, which obviously won it for him. Uh, I don't think it was, you know, I, I was kind of watching it on my phone, uh, not the fight, but the Twitter reaction. People are acting like, oh, the fight's about to be over, but he's after knocking him. Watching it afterwards, maybe maybe it's I'm a little bit um, tainted by what the, the overreaction on, uh, on, on Twitter and stuff. But I, I didn't think it was as bad as people were maybe making out. It was more of a clubbing blow than hurtful blow. And I thought, wonder by when he had got to the ground, he was already grand. You know, I was actually, t Tony Bellew put up, uh, funny enough, at Liverpool, he put up um, a video of his the world championship and uh he a similar sort of thing happened to him he got was kind of a clubbing blow and he just got straight up and i think it was the same at wonderboy he you know he got basically after uh till went for a bit of a, a guillotine and uh he was grinding on the feet again but you have to give it to till for that reason that was a, the biggest punch of the, the night or the most effective punch of the night here but i had it i had a three two to wonderboy and i thought even the fifth round i thought was was very close uh i wouldn't say it's I wouldn't say it's bad judging, but it's definitely not good judging. You know, I think the decision was wrong. I think but, I think the, the bad uh, judging came in the four one uh, for the two four one for tail uh, scorecards. I, I had actually had a four one for for Wonder Boy uh, yeah, yeah. the first time, and I watched it back on silent. And the second round it was it was it was very close. I, like I can see arguments for both, and, and like if you want to give that to, to, to tail, I have no problem with that at all. Like you know, it's all these rounds are very close. Even the fifth, as you said, the People are acting like it was some kind of demolition, but it was close. It definitely was the clearest round, but it was still a very close round. Like these were these were all close rounds. But I think 
I think Wonderboy just edged him out four rounds. Uh, was four rounds? I thought he was four rounds up going into the fifth round. <laughs> and then when the judges said unanimous decision and they read out two forty nine forty sixes, I was I was shocked when the forty nine forty sixes went for went for Till. But it's not like we've seen worse, way worse decisions in the past. Like, and these disputed decisions actually don't seem to happen that often anymore. And mm-hmm. I can understand why people like you could have a numerous different scorecards for this one. You could have drawn rounds. You could have you could have you could have all sorts of scorecards for this and. I think though that the forty nine forty six is a, isn't one of the ones that is that is right. Like I think there's better better arguments to be made from watching that fight for a lot of scorecards than there is for forty nine forty six. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I I was kind of talking to someone about this, and you know they were they were kind of agreeing with me that that Wonderboy had won the fight, and you know what. A few people were sending me that the four round that was, was the, the close round and and the second as well. I really didn't think so. Not the, the second, okay, fair enough. I, I, I gave it to Till. That was very close. But the fourth, I thought, I thought that was actually Wonder Boy's best round, and I, I didn't see much reaction to which round and stuff it was until I, after I'd watched the fight, so I wasn't swayed by that. But yeah, it was, it was an, odd, like it was an odd fight because there was, you know, there was so few shots landing. And I actually enjoyed the fight though, watching it. Um, maybe it's because I, I thought, you know, it was maybe a little bit of an overreaction as well on Twitter as, as I was watching the live tweets coming in <clears throat> from people, you know, saying it was a stinker and, you know, Till kind of, kind of called for a rematch and people were saying, no, thanks. I, I'd like to see it. I, I thought it was a good fight. But, yeah, I, it's the sort of fight where, you know, if you'd missed one of those big wonder by left hands in the fourth, uh, you know, if, you, if you're a judge and you're sitting on the wrong side of it or something and the crowd no sells it and then, you know, Till comes back and hits him with a little bit of a jab and they, they roar like, you know, like it's Liverpool after like the Champions League final. Yeah, like he's done yeah. skanky legs or something. They're like, like the finishes, they smell blood when mm-hmm. he lands like a tiny punch, even when he missed punches. And there were times, there was a couple of times when Wonderboy just snapped Till's head back and Till can take a serious shot and he just kept walking forward. And I think the no selling plus the way he's able to take a shot plus the way he's able to keep walking forward just swayed the judges. And... <laughs> I think I think they got it wrong, but it it wasn't like a robbery or anything. I don't think, like the, back in the day where there used to be some horrific scorecards coming in, and they'd be given thirty twenty seven the wrong way and stuff. But I do think, I do think you can make several arguments for Till winning enough rounds to to win the fight. But I don't think the forty nine forty six scorecards were good at all. Yeah, yeah, they weren't in fairness, but. <laughs> Like what did I think you that mean, caused yeah. the uproar though. I think once, like you already knew, but like once, once you were watching it live and Bruce Buffer saying, uh, "Unanimous decision, 49-46, and forty nine forty six, and people were just like, "Oh, that must be Wonderboy." Then, like you know, mm-hmm. and then the shock was even bigger then because, like, because I saw people scored it for tail, but I didn't like before the decision was announced. I saw a few people. It was only a couple of people, but I saw people going forty eight, forty seven tail, and I was like, I can see that, but I don't agree. But like, I can. It's not like outrageous. Yeah. But I think I think that the, the outrage was was brought up a notch by the fact that everybody just had kind of mentally assumed that forty nine forty six must mean Wonderboy. Yeah, I think this was a good fight that you could teach people how to judge on. To be honest, because it, it they were all the rounds were so close, but I thought they were relatively clear. If you know, if you can see everything, and that's, I think it's another argument as well for having the judges watching on TV and not watching cage side because you can't see the shots properly if you're on the wrong side of the cage and looking at it that way and you get influenced by the crowd and i know you know experienced judges and stuff maybe they don't but it's just human nature you know there was at one stage it was like 
it was like a bit like uh, Mitrion Fedor, you know, where they both punch each other at the same time as almost double knockout. Now it did, it didn't get that far. They just both punch each other at the same time. I wonder by his tail a lot harder, and till uh, he wasn't rocked by it, but he was hurt by it a lot more than the Wonder Boy one was. He Wonder Boy just caught him clean on that one exchange, and the crowd, you know, the crowd just went mad up for it. And you know, if you there's. Like it's it's if you're unsure as a judge yeah. if that landed or not, or you're mm-hmm. unsure what happened, and you hear that you, your natural inclination is to think that something something yeah. has happened in in favor. And in, in a fight like that, you know that that could be the difference, you know, between winning around and losing around, winning the fight and losing the fight. Like I think if you're sitting, you know, if you're sitting backstage watching on TV or sitting at home watching on TV or you know the, these days you can watch it from anywhere. You know, they could be sitting over in Las Vegas. You could have you know the three best judges in the world doing it from from the you know from an office in Las Vegas or something like that. I just think that might be might be better than than the way it is at the moment. I've I've never been a big fan. Like I've often said. I think the worst place to watch a fight and to analyze it is sitting cage side. I really do. I think it's way better to watch it on TV. It's just, you know, and I think the judges haven't proved an awful lot. You know, we've said a lot in this this podcast, and this maybe this isn't the, the best fight to talk about bad judging and stuff because I don't think it was necessarily bad judging. But I do think if you had very like if if this was perfectly judged, I think it would have been a wonder by win, and I think it probably would have been you know what would have been three two. But yeah, that that four one scorecard. No, okay, the rounds were close. It was odd, but yeah, when did when did you know when they're saying four one, you're you're probably gonna think it's wonderful. People going oh ring generalship, octagon control, all uh, that yeah, stuff. Thinking, it's just yeah. like it only comes down to that after everything else is perfectly even. And I uh, the fights, the rounds were close, but I don't think they were perfectly even. Like in like they just weren't. Yeah, the, yeah I, I saw I saw journalists talking about uh, octagon control, like in. Okay, if you all right, let's let's say the striking and the, and the grappling is even, and then it's a tertiary scoring system. There are tertiary scoring uh, criteria. criteria, the octagon control. So the striking's even, the grappling's even. You got octagon control, and whoever's controlling the octagon wins it. But right, let's say that's the case in this fight. Right, we'd five rounds all even. We'll we'll give it and we'll score by octagon control. Just because you're going on the back foot doesn't mean you're not controlling the octagon. Like, Darren Till is a fighter who goes forward and lands with these big shots, big heavy shots. He was going forward. He wasn't landing any big heavy shots. And when he was throwing shots, he was getting countered a lot of the time. You know, his jab wasn't working that well. His leg kicks worked early and he he uh, hurt Wonderboy's legs a couple of times with the leg kicks. I think it was in the second round. That's kind of why I gave him the second round as well because of that. But, like... <laughs> Are you con- are you controlling the octagon? Are you controlling the fight if you're getting picked off by a guy on the back foot? I don't think you are. It's like, such a strange term, controlling. Yeah, uh, it should be control, fight control. Well. Yeah, I think it should be fight control because, like, you can be controlling the fight off the back foot. Like, would you would you give uh, Aldo the the eleven seconds against McGregor because he was going forward? You know, <laughs> you wouldn't, would you? Because he got sparked with McGregor going off his back foot. You know, look That's- at Anderson Silva. He countered for most of his career. Yeah, exactly, exactly, a hundred percent. Yeah, and Wonder Boy is a similar type of fighter. Like, yeah, I don't think the judges. A lot of people did score rounds against Anderson Silva that he didn't deserve to have scored against him. So this has been like a long-standing problem where, um, tactically not moving forward is is sometimes (laughs) seen as you losing the fight, even if you're landing more. Mm -hmm. Like this, maybe this fight is like a bad example, but like some Anderson Silva rounds. I remember there was a round given to Damian Maya against Anderson Silva and. Just like really, you know, like he didn't do anything. <laughs> he just got countered. Like, 
but he was moving forward and Anderson was, wasn't doing much and people expect more from Anderson. Maybe it's because people expected more from Thompson. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah, what did you actually think of that? Like the performances of both guys? I suppose that's an important thing that maybe a lot of people aren't talking about. It's all about the controversy and stuff. Like I thought... I thought it was a genuinely a good performance from both guys. I thought Wonderboy was fast and he picked him off well. He was still being very careful. I thought Till showed that he was, he had the ability to fight over five rounds against the top world class striker. You know, I thought Wonderboy picked him off and I think he did a lot better than um you know than I thought he do do coming into. How how do you see it, the performance? Yeah, I think early on Wonderboy was was fighting a better game and then he obviously got he ate a couple of leg kicks and one of them seemed to kind of. Yeah, take take him out of his game a bit like you know he was like oh better not plant all my weight on this leg and spin or better not throw many kicks or it just kind of took him out of his game plan or what or took him out of what he was doing successfully in the first round that mm -hmm. i thought had won in the round but he still readjusted and his hands have actually looked they look better than they've like his hands were kind of his weakness nearly uh, even though he's obviously a really good really good striker is is uh, is the lacking bit of his striking was always his hands, but they seem to be getting better. But they still, obviously, are nowhere near as good as his as his karate or his um, kickboxing. But yeah, I think I think he needs to, he needs to do he, he all that hugging and like high fiving. It's just like fucking hell. You can do that before and after, like all you want. Can we not just fight for these twenty five minutes? Like um, he needs too nice. Even when he lost, he's like, oh, I thought I won the first four rounds, but it is what it is. It's like it's like show some fucking passion. Like come on. Like ten yeah. seconds ago, the clapper goes. He's been dropping that round. He doesn't even try to do anything. He can he can land like some mad kick. He can throw some mad kick that stays in the judge's mind. Okay, maybe he's going to lose the round anyway. But at least try. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it, yeah, it was it was a little bit frustrating. And I suppose the welterweight division has just become a bit frustrating, hasn't it? With all these, a lot of kind of damn squib fights with with Wonderboy and with uh, Tyron Woodley. And I suppose <clears throat> we kind Usman of fight. yeah, the Usman fight as well. Yeah, a lot of them, you know. And I suppose we kind of blamed Woodley a lot for for those fights against Wonderboy. And I suppose you you could blame Till for this one as well. But Wonderboy is is the, the same with all of them. But I suppose I think it's just people are so careful against Wonderboy because he's such a genie. Like he's just such an unbelievably good uh, counter fighter, and he can put you out in a second. That yeah. Even Till said it afterwards. He in the post interview he goes, oh, "I couldn't get his timing." Even yeah. even by the end of the fight, he said, "I couldn't get his timing." <laughs> right. I think I think Till kind of knew he lost the fight as well. You know, in, in even in the aftermath, you know, he was saying, "Give Wonderboy the title shot." And I know he was talking about his weight cutting and things, but I I think Till after that fight, he kind of thought he had lost. Um, but you know, it is. What it is, Graham, isn't it? it is. right. We better That's, move on. We'll be talking about this forever. Uh, <clears throat> anything else? On the, let, let's talk about Molly McCann, I suppose. The weird thing about Molly McCann is I thought she looked much improved in this fight with her striking, to be honest. You know, I talked about last week and, you know, I was I kind of fancy Gillian Robertson to win this fight uh, a little bit. I, I, I know Molly McCann's a good fighter, but I think she's very, still very, very uh, green oh. in her career. Very raw, but... Her striking looked looked good in this fight, uh, attacking anyway. I know she got caught a couple of times, um, getting you know coming back the other way. Obviously, she got taken down, and in her wrestling and jujitsu, she Gillian Robertson had a huge advantage. But you know, it's it's obviously a setback for Molly McCann. But you know, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world from her. You know, give her time to rebuild. There's obvious improvements, I think, being made there and come back. Obviously, you know, with it being in in Liverpool and her being the first. Uh, Evertonian, I suppose we call her Rodney Liverpudley, and on the card, it was you know it was a big blow for the card and a big blow for her herself. But you know this is a, I thought this was a tough enough first match for herself, especially with someone as as slicker wrestling and jiu-jitsu as uh, as Jillian Roberts showed in this. And uh, you know, 
she'll come back again. Yeah, she missed weight by a pound as well. And apparently, though, oh, the, scale, the scale backstage had her at 136. And then she went to the, the scale, <laughs> the actual scale, and it had her 137. And she went off to, she got an error, or 27, sorry. Yeah, yeah. And she went off and uh, for an error and couldn't couldn't cut that extra pound. So, um, yeah, um, that's like... Obviously, she 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 never was missed weight before, but the UFC like you're coming in your debut fighter doesn't it doesn't it's not a good start to the like when you go out there and lose uh, it's not a good start to the career, but I think to the UFC career, but I think um, she'll she'll probably learn from this. She'll probably like sort out her diet and strength and conditioning more, and you know it takes people who are young and young in the sport a while. Like you know, there's so many aspects to it. Like there's so many martial arts you have to learn. There's cardio. There's diet there's there's everything like there's so much to learn and um and yeah you you need to lose and you need to make mistakes to learn a lot of the time as well so i think as you're saying yeah she'll definitely be back from this and she just definitely still has a lot a lot of uh potential she 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 definitely even even though she lost uh got choked unconscious she she showed better striking as you said early on and um she showed a toughness as well like um on the ground as well so she definitely she definitely has a lot of attributes uh to go back and work with and i think i think i think she won't I, i'd be surprised if she missed weight the next time she seemed she seemed very upset about it mm-hmm. yeah um and another couple of fights on on the car there i i actually missed the tom breeze fight tom breeze how, well how he looked he looked fantastic he, he he, I, I always said he was a massive welterweight, but then you see him in there against uh, D- Daniel Kelly, and you just realize how big a welterweight he was. He was huge, like he looked like a big middleweight. Like Dan Kelly's a big guy, and he just he, he, his, uh, Tom Breeze's striking just looked on point. His timing, his movement, he just looked he just looked on a different level to, to Dan Kelly, and he just destroyed him. Yeah, it's. it's... I think it's uh, good for the middleweight division as well because Tom Breeze, Tom Breeze is a very good fighter. Now he's had, you know, he's had off days as well. He's had a he lot of injuries. Well. He needs to say fit. Yeah. He needs to say fit. When you're constantly coming back after like massive layoffs for injuries, you're, you're never going to be as, you're never going to be as f- comfortable because you're, you haven't, you've you, like you know, cage rust or whatever they call it. But even just when if you haven't played soccer in two months and you try to do a bunch of keep you ups, you're not going to be able to do as many as you, had, you did two months before. Like you know, mm-hmm. just, it takes it takes time to get back used to doing everything again and um not having to cut loads of weight as well you don't have to worry about your diet as much um it gives you more time to work on on your your technical game and i think tom reese is, is look fantastic here and i think yeah, i think middleweight is a great division for him i i don't know like i i, I like dan kelly okay he's, he's been knocked out before but he just got annihilated here like you know just ran through Mm-hmm. Isn't it funny? I mean, we'll get to Bisping in a few minutes, but isn't it funny? Like maybe England's two best prospects, maybe you know Tom Breeze and Fabian Edwards, both middleweights coming in there. Did you know maybe maybe fill that Bisping void a little bit? I know Fabian Edwards is still in Bam and stuff, but you know he's an obviously a really 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 good fighter as well. And I think not to, arguably you know there's a couple more people as well coming through, but I think those lads might be you know might be two of the the best prospects coming out of England in in that division to uh, to fill that fight but yeah i must actually see that fight and uh, i'll talk about it more in the q and a if i uh, if i get around to, to watch it what in the main cards stood out to you Graham? I, I saw a couple of fights the amir Kenny jason knight fight was, yeah. was a relatively close fight amir Kenny's yeah, wrestling really, really close fight the third round nothing really happened it was like a takedown from amir Kenny on top not really landing just kind of stuck in stuck in position and and knight was kind of like 
kicking him in the uh, rabbit kicking him with his heel a bit and mm-hmm. uh Amber landing the odd strike but nothing really happened and then um Jason Knight managed to get up or I think maybe the ref even stood them up from dead orchard position because it was just stalled there if I'm right and uh Amber County actually kind of rocked Jason Knight with a punch and then got another takedown and that just secured that was kind of the only significant thing that happened in that round um so he just edged it out of my card but I saw a few other people saying that he was more effective off his back and that he controlled him with the dead orchard and the mission control and and that them rabbit kicks were, were better than what Amerikani's ground and pound was. But I don't think either the rabbit kicks or the little bit of ground and pound Amerikani did was effective. I think the, the most effective thing was that punch that staggered night when they were on the feet. Mm-hmm. Anything else in the car that, that stood out to you? Neil Magny, Arnold, Allen, Arnold yeah. Allen was getting his ass kicked by Mads uh, Burnell. He was getting wrestled. He, he, had no, he looked like he had no answer. He was getting outstruck. And then he just locked in a beautiful front choke and, and got the win in the third round. Massive come from behind. He was losing. He lost the first two rounds of my card and he was losing the third before he got the submission. So fair play to him. Then he called his dad out for being on steroids in the post fight interview. It was hilarious. <laughs> Great man. Amir Khan, he called, called Jimmy Mano out or something, did he? Or said he went to. Yeah, what was that about? I was weird. Yeah. yeah, I was. Yeah, very odd. But uh, I, th- I thought Craig White did pretty well against Neil Magny until. And I, I mean, you, like someone gets TKO'd in the first round. Maybe that's not always good to say, but he like he, he did well against Magny in the in the clinch and stuff. I thought he was doing okay in the striking as well. For first performance, he got hit with a, obviously a really hard knee against the uh, against the cage winner in the clinch. But but before that, you know, I thought he was maybe close enough to win the round. It was probably close. He probably would have edged it to Magny, but good a good showing from Craig White in a, a co-main event. You know, a big big stage for him. Yeah, uh, obviously outside yeah. of the upper upper echelon guys like Magny is is really really good he's been on long winning streaks like he's beaten he's beaten kind of everybody outside of the top guys and if you're coming in on short notice against Neil Magny it's, it's a really tough ask and he did show he did show that he has ability Craig White and I think Dana said something about that and he said he respects him for stepping up and he'll definitely give him another go and we'll see Craig White back in there he, he didn't he didn't um he didn't do any harm to his to, to himself going in there on short notice against a, a really tough guy yeah 100% all right let's <clears throat> let's move on to Bellator 200, which took place uh, last Friday night. And this was this was another jam-packed card, wasn't it? A pretty a pretty good card from uh, from top to bottom. With the main event seeing uh, Gegard Mousasi take out uh, Rafael Carvalho to yeah. win the the middleweight title. What, what did you think uh, of that fight of uh, yeah. Magny's or uh, sorry Mousasi's performance? Yeah, Mousasi looked great. Uh, when Mousasi's on, he's really really good. It's just sometimes he just doesn't really do much. He kind of he's kind of too patient or something but here he, he went in he just he just ran through him basically and maybe a lot of people don't know Rafa Carvalho but he's like you know he's he's a good guy he's, he's he hasn't been ran through like that like he was I think he had three or four title defenses did he in Bellator something like that Before yeah that, he had, or that was his that was his third attempt at it so he had two uh he, he knocked out Melvin Manhoff and uh, knocked out uh Alessio Sakara. um he's beaten Brandon Halsey Joe Schilling Brian Rogers, like he's he's beaten some good guys, and and Musashi just showed that he's just on a completely different level. Mm-hmm. He just went through him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Michael <clears throat> Page, like fucking MVP. hell, he looked really good. Like after that, it's just okay. Rickles is good. He broke him. He, broke him. <clears throat> he did. He absolutely broke him. He made him quit standing, like which is something 
you almost never see in MMA. You know, he, he literally just he and I, I hate to use the word quit, but he did quit. That's you know, that's what he did. And usually when you said that, I tweeted that at the time. And usually when you say that, people start giving out to you and stuff, but no one really did. Because he and it wasn't that he quit, he was made to quit by Michael Venom Page. And this this was really the fight for me that was like, okay, you can't do it any no, anymore, no Bellator. You can't protect this guy anymore. He has to be given someone good. He has to be given Korishkov, Rory McDonald. You know, even Benson Henderson, you know, even Paul, da come on, Paul, I think he's above the Paul Daly fight now. I think he's moved past that. But even that, come on. I, actually, it's, it's I, I, hadn't, I hadn't thought about it, but I actually like that Ben Henderson fight. Yeah. I think Ben Henderson's got great name value, former UFC champion. He's a lightweight, but he's fought in the UFC, a welterweight, he's fought a welterweight before. I think I think he's he's nowhere near what he used to be in the UFC or in WEC when he was champion and the UFC when he was champion. I don't think he's, I don't think he's the same fighter. So I think that's, that's a good fight to make if you want to if you want to protect Michael Venom Page a little bit, but give him something that will be a breakout for him. Because like, okay, hardcore fans know who David Rickles is, but no casuals do, or very mm -hmm. few. Um, but people know who Benson Henderson is. Like yeah. when you're UFC champion for that long, when you fought Frank Yeager, when you people people know who you are, even if they can't put a name to the face, they've heard that name and they know that they know that's oh this this is a real test. And mm -hmm. I think that that fight makes sense. I haven't seen anybody mention it, but. When you said it there, that made a lot of sense to me. Um, I'm a top class matchmaker, let's be honest here. But I thought it was just a, an absolute. Like no, I didn't. I, I didn't. I've just. Where's your I've credit for that? Where's your credit? You, you're you're worse. You're you're worse than Conor McGregor for crediting people on photos. <laughs> Why? Which photo? Oh, the Max Holloway one was it? Was that the one you're on about? No, no, I'm only joking. There's loads I'm of them. Never Dave, him, anyway. you never liked him. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, look, I thought it was a really, really good performance from from Michael Venom Page. He just he looked phenomenal. He looked so quick. You know, no no trouble of a takedown at any stage. You know, just landing from everywhere. Just I re uh, he's one of my favorite fighters in the world to watch. You know and. It's a shame that he and Wonderboy fighting on the same weekend. It's a shame they're not in the same organization and couldn't fight each other. Like, imagine that. I, I know it could be a bit of a stalemate, but with MVP, I don't think, uh, you know, I think he's very confident and I think he will attack as well. And uh, I'd love to see that fight. But yeah, he just has to move on now. He, ha he has to, uh, he has to be given uh, someone good. Um, under that, then, Aaron Chalmers had another, another devastating guillotine win here i actually i said he was dominated on twitter and a lot of people saying why are you talking about dominate but he was pushed against the fence he was taken down he was you know ash griffiths was winning that fight up until that position he caught I him with hard a, at one side he hit really hard and I, I thought the fight was could have been close to being over then aaron chalmers came back hit him with a really hard shot rocked him got the guillotine and you know it looked very amateurish stuff from ash griffiths you know defending the guillotine he, he seemed to panic uh just didn't didn't defend at all and then you know fell sideways going down and was kind of just uh just choked out but you know the, the haters are still gonna hate i suppose and uh, you know if you don't you I, I you know you don't have to like what they're doing with aaron chalmers but i think it's important to actually understand it uh and i know i suppose he's moving on to bellator now and you know at some stage if he wants to you know he's he's starting to talk a little bit more i think about <clears throat> about being a contender you know about being uh a guy you know and not just a celebrity you know if he wants to be a fighter and not just a not a celebrity fighter maybe there is you know maybe there is a case if he wants to talk like that but you know i've i've no problem do them doing what they're doing with him uh but yeah it's it fun it's grand what are your thoughts on him yeah um 
I, I'm not like one of these people who doesn't think he deserves to be there. He's taking somebody else's spot. He isn't like they have like on these Bellator and Bama, all these cars, they have like 19 fights and stuff. Like, you know, it's mm-hmm. nobody's spot has been taken, draws more attention to the card. And, you know, I think it was, was the Chalmers, his first fight or his second fight was like on, on channel five or five plus or whatever. They keep changing the names of all their channels, but, um, and like hadn't been on, Bama hadn't been on that before. So like, you know, he's, he's, creating exposure opportunities for these other fighters like MVP and um, um, like Fabian Edwards and people like that who are on these cards with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%, yeah. Um, outside of that, then Phil Davis had a really good head kick. Yeah, I didn't uh, know he had it in him. <laughs> Phil Davis is one of those guys that he did it. He did a couple of fights ago as well, didn't he? He's like, Phil Davis like, oh, this decision machine. And then like once every 10 fights, he just fucking smokes a guy like that and you know Linton Vassell's a tough guy that hasn't happened uh, yeah. I don't think in his career too many times and fair play you know Phil Davis is is a really good fighter and, and uh, you know it was, a, it was a good win for him yeah good win for Mike Shipman as well over uh, Carl mm-hmm. Noon he just went straight through him uh, he's, a, he's a murderer that Shipman yeah he seriously went went through Noon like um, a hot was, curry yeah he went in knife through, knife through butter mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, elsewhere on the card, um, there wasn't much on the on the undercard except for um, Pedro Carvalho, who's training in SBG, won a split decision over Daniel Crawford, and Daniel Crawford has a, a lot of steam behind, a bit of steam behind him anyway. And it was a, it was a split decision, a close fight, but uh, it was a big win for Carvalho. And obviously, Charlie Ward had his opponent changed at the last second, um, and then uh, or at the last minute or a couple of days before, and. Um, Martin Hudson came in and he got Charlie's back early on, but Charlie toughed it out and uh, reversed it and got the TKO soon after. But uh, yeah, that was a good win for uh, Charlie Ward. It's important to to win there. Your difference between five and three record and four and four is is big. Like so, that was an important win. Mm-hmm. Um, besides yeah. that, I know fifty cent afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Cut a tremendous promo. And I, I, Charlie Ward's interview afterwards was one of the funniest interviews I've ever watched. Like, I thought that was absolutely hilarious. He just says exactly what he thinks, like, in front of him. Yeah. That was, like, and loads of people are like, oh, he's trying to be the next McGregor. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, do you think everyone Irish is the same? Like, what what are you talking about? Like, he literally couldn't have been more different. You know, where's where's he from? He's like, he's like from... Mullingar or somewhere like that. He's like a Midlands or a Galway. I don't know where he's from. Nobody knows. Nobody knows if his name is even Charlie Ward. <laughs> his name is Mike Jones. But yeah, he was just the accent. And like someone, Sandu asked him a question, I think. <laughs> and he just like, oh yeah, I asked him, uh, come on off for two losses in a row. And he goes, what are you talking about two losses? Shouldn't I win my last fight? <laughs> he was like, <laughs> he was like I you could tell, obviously Sandu had like forgotten or whatever. Or he just, it was just the way he phrased the question, maybe. And he was like, there was nothing you could say. <laughs> Save act him and then I think the Fizzy or someone just uh, rec- uh, fucking saved him That's from, a new the, yeah. from the <laughs> Charlie War, Charlie War, but it was hilarious. And then called no 50 cent. Oh, yeah, just, just walked away and everyone was just dying laughing in the background. I thought it was, I thought it was absolutely, uh, absolutely hilarious stuff, you know, especially after uh, knocking someone out as well. So, you know, get get more Charlie Ward interviews. That's what we want, although he probably won't, uh, he probably won't ever. We'll get him on the podcast, we'll get, we'll get him on the podcast. <laughs> 
Marie. Good Marie. Um, I remember getting on to, to John before asking him about or how do I contact Charlie to get an interview? And he just was laughing. He was like, Charlie doesn't do interviews. <laughs> but I suppose we better mention as well Bellator obviously live on uh, Five Spike at the night, which thanks to me, most people got to watch. They didn't seem to be wanting to, to spread the order or anything. Oh, you could watch it in Ireland and stuff. But we, we tried to do our best anyway to uh, to help people out. And, you know, a lot Such of people. Such a nice are, guy. Good Samaritan, Sean Sheehan. I'm, uh, you know, a lot of people what describe a blow. me. Too, you know your problem, too mm, much integrity. Too much, too nice. <laughs> two two things people always say about me. I'm humble and just nice. Just generally. Uh, yeah, like people just walking in the street just keep saying that to you. Like, it's so humble. Mm, so, so humble, so nice. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah, look, it was good to be on. I saw, I was trying to get people to tweet about it to, to you know, at Five Spike and stuff and, the the rumblings I'm hearing is that they're they're starting to notice they're starting to to think about it and and look it's a start I suppose but we're going to need we we've heard about this before we've heard rumblings you know that they're they're you know they want to improve things and stuff and look the problem with this is you know if this was the UFC we could think okay we'll just hold out till their next deal their next TV deal and then maybe things will change. Well, Bellator is owned by the TV station. You know, it's owned by Viacom Paramount. Uh, so, like, it's literally a TV. I, I, I know I joke at times and say it's, uh, uh, you know, an American TV um, TV program. But it, it is. It actually is an American TV program more than it is a fight promotion. It's a fight promotion as well, but it's an American TV program. And, look, just hopefully, you know, we can get Game of Thrones live here. Hopefully we can, <laughs> we can start to get Bellator too. But, you know... Live <laughs> as live a Saturday night, and a Saturday night slot or Sunday night slot or whatever it is, like eight days afterwards for a five spike in the UK. It might be more important than put it on live for the for MMA fans that might you know might watch it on, on a Friday night at three o'clock in the morning, which is which is unfortunate. But hopefully, you know, hopefully uh, these things can change. But um, yeah, we're always talking about this. So people are probably like, Jesus, stop talking about this. <laughs> uh, but we, have to look. We, we always talk bad things about it, so we have to give them credit this week for getting on. And, you know, hopefully they can. Uh, yeah, the problem with that deal, them. though, is you, uh, you or the, what are they called now? The, the Virgin Media people and yeah. the Vodafone people can't tune that in. Like, it's just, come on, guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, Irish people. give it to the Irish people on YouTube because. Ireland's not part of the UK, so you're not breaking any deals. You know, it's, it's nowhere in Ireland. Five Spike is not available in Ireland, so just put on YouTube in Ireland, put on Tree or something, do that. Yeah. All right, let's move on to UFC Utica, which is happening this weekend, and it is a pretty terrible card. <laughs> not going to lie. There's a few good things on it. Nathaniel Wood is making his debut against yeah. a very experienced Johnny Edward. People are, we have a lot of American listeners. Actually, America has almost passed Ireland in listeners for this podcast. So, Graham, tell the American our American listeners what to expect from from Nathaniel Wood. I expect him to go to go for it. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's not. He's not a. He's not a. It's not going to be a, a, a Wonder Boy type performance where you try to pick people off or a Machida type performance. He he goes for it. He's he's improved fight to fight a lot since he lost to Alan Philpott back in was that um, a couple of years ago now. Can't remember exactly when, which Bama that was. Um, but even in that fight, he looked good. Like Phil Pot is, 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 if people don't know Phil Pot, he's a really tough guy. Uh, he's been in the sport for ages, even though he's still young, and he, he's he's made improvements himself recently. And that was that was Nathaniel Woods' last loss, and his only other loss before that was Ed Arthur back in 2014. Um, so uh, s- since that Phil Pot fight, he's he's beaten he's beaten uh, Chase Norman uh, by choke in the third round, Von Lee by TKO second round. 
Um, Marco Kovacavich, uh, first round TKO. Josh Reed, that fight, first round TKO. It was a really, really back and forth. What was it? Three minutes before before Nathaniel Wood got to finish, he was in big trouble himself. He showed a lot of heart as well, and um, yeah, so he, he's he won another one against Luca Vine since then. So he's been on a streak. He's been living with Brad Pickett. Um, he's really up to training. Like he, he's Johnny Eduardo. Like you know, he's a very, very experienced guy. Like this could be this could be a really difficult fight for Nathaniel Wood, despite all the improvements he's made. Um, Eduardo, like. He, okay, he kind of loses to he lost to uh, Matthew Lopez in, in his last one, he's, and he's lost to Sir Sterling as well. But he's been in the UFC for a while, and he, like we, we saw the Tom, like, yeah. yeah, we saw Tom Duke and Wall. Like you know, he struggled in his first one, even though we won, and in his second one, and we saw we we've seen guys come in and they 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 get a tough veteran, like a, a not a TUF veteran, but like a tough UFC veteran, and mm-hmm. they they falter because of the experience and the bright lights and all the extra media and the attention and the, just the, they're finally where they want to be. They're like a lot of fighters. like, they want to be in the UFC and it's a big moment for them and they want to impress. And for Johnny Eduardo, it's just another fight against a guy. He probably thinks, Oh, I fought way better guys than this guy, you know, and he's, he's got a lot of experience in there and he's well-rounded as well. Like he's, he's very dangerous on the feet as well. Like, so I think Tanner Wood has a lot of potential, and I think he's going to win this fight. But I think this could be a really close fight. It could be a twenty nine, twenty eight, really close rounds. You said it perfectly. I, I totally agree, and <clears throat> it could be one as well where he comes out and goes insane early and gets to finish, or maybe gets finished himself or something like that. You know, this this isn't a surefire win for him at all. But I yeah. still do think he's really good. You know, I think he's, yeah. you know, top ten, top fifteen potential in the next few years. But I, I wouldn't. I think this uh, I is going to be a really good fight as well. I think both of them are willing to kind of. To, to exchange like uh, historically anyway they're on the feet so I think mm-hmm. it, as you said it, it could be it could be a quick first round and knockout either way or or it could be a really close back and forth 29-28 either way but I, mm-hmm. I'm, if I had to put money on I'd go with Wood here yeah 100% um, your boy one of your favourite fighters in the world Gleason Tebow is, is back as well in this card he's, <laughs> one of my favourite fighters in the world uh, it's his second fight back uh, this year after uh uh, you know that being out against uh, uh, Desmond Green, but the, the fight I think on the preliminary section of the card I'm most looking forward to is Nick Lentz against uh, David Timor. Obviously, David Timor with those wins over Drakkar Close and uh, Lando Venata in in a fight of the year candidate. He's a guy that's you know rising through the ranks, and Nick Nick Lentz is kind of a, a tough nosed veteran. He beat uh, beat Will Brooks in in his last fight, so you know he's no Morgan. He's obviously the you know the king of the the guillotine and stuff like that. He's eleven, I think he's eleven or twelve. Uh, chokes or uh, submissions anyway on his record so potentially a tough fight for the other team or you know Lince is a pretty good wrestler as well you know I was people talked about Conor McGregor getting beat by Nick Lince because he could wrestle and stuff uh, are they are they giving are they giving David team or that much uh gaunted what's the word I know wrestler test against uh, Nick Lince yeah um David Teamer, like he he's he's looked like he was he looked good on the ultimate fire, but he looked like one dimensional. That like, he looked like he was just a striker, but he seems to have shored up his takedown defense a bit. And Nick Lance is definitely going to be trying to get takedowns. I think I think he's, David Teamer is going to have way too much for Lance on the feet. So it's it, it definitely is uh, going to answer a lot of questions about where David Teamer is with his, with his with his wrestling. But uh, um, even if his wrestling isn't, isn't it turns out not to be that good, Nick Lance just grinds him out, then there's still loads of great striking matchups you can put David Teamer in, as you referenced with the Land of Vanada fight of the year contender. Like you can, there's a lot of fights that you can put David Teamer in, and, he, and are going to be very exciting. Where he, he's going to willing, he's willing to exchange as well. Like and he's he's really tough, and 
yeah, like David Teamer fights fights like against people like Lando Vernada, maybe who aren't in the top fifteen, who are strikers. Yeah, I think I think he's one of these fighters that if he can if he can stuff a takedown, if he can show he can stuff a takedown and and he can and he can grapple, then he could be he could end up being a really good contender. But uh, if he can't, then he's just going to be one of these guys that Dana loves, who he puts into fights that yeah. like <clears throat> yeah. Diego Sanchez type fights. You know, so oh, he's going to stick around for either way. I think uh, for a long time. Mm-hmm. So Jerry Eubanks is well making her uh, UFC yeah. debut here. Supposed to be the, the title challenger at women's flyweight, but miss weight, uh, and she's taking on Barb Lauren Murphy uh, in in the the preliminary main event. So I was impressed with her and tough. Hopefully, yeah, she does does well. And Lauren Murphy's uh, obviously Irish MMA as well, doing doing us proud. So that's a good fight. Jack Ellenberger, Ben Saunders as well. Not a not a bad fight too. Obviously, Jack Ellenberger, good wrestler, hits hard. Ben Saunders, I'm unbelievable jiu-jitsu guy, but. Tends to get a tends to get take a lot of shots at times, so that should be a, a pretty good fight. Gregor Gillespie as well, another exciting guy against Finn Pichel, Vince Pichel, who's a good guy. So this card maybe isn't as bad as I made out at the start. And then uh, Jimmy Rivera against uh, Marlon Morris. We were we were kind of talking about Jimmy Rivera a little bit before the fight, and you know, I think if you're looking at these guys, you have the one in Marlon Morris, kind of an exciting, uh, you know, blow your head off type of type of uh, type of balls to the wall type of fighter, and then you have Jimmy Rivera maybe. Very technically good, you know, goes to a lot of decisions, tends to take guys' games away and, and, and will win all around. How how do you see this one going? Yeah, I think I think Martin Rice is gonna have too much room. Like I think Rivera is very good, but like that would that, that knockout of Ultimate starting was vicious. Like he's coming off a win against Jordan Dodson, who's really good. His like his fight with uh Hafi Alasson say was a split decision. Mm-hmm. Um, that he lost, like, and it's so hard to fight against Austin. Say he just he just makes it his game, and he drags you down to his level, and it's it's usually boring and close, and like people like T.J. Dillashaw have have lost to him, like, and besides that, he hasn't lost since very early in his career, back in like 2011. So you can kind of write them off. He's been on a serious streak. He's beat people like Josh Hill, and outside of the UFC, he's beaten Josh Hill twice. Like, he's a really tough guy as well. Um, Tyson Nam as well. Beat, beat, beat Paddy Houlihan on the Ultimate Fighter. Um, so yeah, this, this Martin Moraes has fought like as good guys as he could outside the UFC before signing for the UFC, and then went straight in against Hafi Lassenseo, and it was on, it was a very close fight, split decision. Since then, Dodson and Sterling, a split decision against Dodson, okay, but that knee of Sterling was vicious as well. Like so, I think I I, I think it's going to be a great fight, but I think Martin Moraes' balls to the wall style is going to wear uh, Rivera down uh, over. It's a five round fight, so I think. I think he's he, Martin Morris has been there in five round fights uh, more than uh, when he was back in uh, World Series of Fighting. So I think he's more used to it, and I think it's going to play into his hands. I'm, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to go for Jimmy Rivera here um, because I think Jimmy Rivera is maybe a little bit like um, Rafael Asensio, maybe not as, as a fighter totally, but as a kind of. If you if you if it goes to the decision, he's probably going to win that decision. You know, he's a, w- a well-rounded, maybe not the you know the biggest hitter, hurt you, won't want to choke you out, but you know he wins he wins rounds. You know, and that's that's a valuable thing as well. I think at bantamweight especially, and you know, okay, Marais could come in and spark him out and stuff like that. But I think I could see Marais winning the first two rounds here. Maybe Jimmy Jimmy Rivera winning the winning the next three. Uh, you know, it's an important thing again, and I say it every time. There's a five-round fight. Coming in here fighting five rounds, you know, how are you how are you going to adjust your game? And you know, I know he fought um, you know, he fought in, in World Series fighting what fought the five rounds, fought Josh Hill to five rounds, he fought a couple of fights to five rounds, but you know, he 
he fought good guys, but not as good guys as he's going to be fighting in the UFC. You know, not you know, not a guy like like Jimmy Rivera. And I suppose you know the same can be uh, the same can be said for Jimmy Rivera. You know, but uh, you know, I th I think his style. And he's actually never fought the fight. Oh, he has fought the five rounds as well, sorry, a couple of times outside the UFC. But I think his style would be a little bit more suited to five rounds uh, than Marlon Marais. But I, I, no, I do think it's going to be a close fight, but I'm just going to ba barely shade it for Jimmy Rivera. Yeah, I think the leg kicks from Marais are going to play a part factor as well. If he can start landing them as the fight goes, it'll, it'll hinder uh, Rivera. And five rounds, it's, it's like in a three-round fight, you got to put a lot of early work in. you got to kind of really focus on it to, for it to pay dividends in the end. But in the five-round fight, you have a lot more time to... To pick the shots when they're there and not just throw them hoping they'll land or hoping you won't get countered mm. and i think um i think that suits marais having having that time to land his leg kicks and he's, he's a hard leg kicker so uh yeah i'd go with marais but i can i can definitely i, w I wouldn't be only very confident in, in the pick but if I, if I was betting i'd go, I'd go with marais yeah all right let's uh <clears throat> let's move on and let's talk about michael bisping who and i suppose there isn't that what, what are we going to talk about really about michael bisping you know he retired but you know He's He'll actually be back. retired. He'd probably be back. But I suppose, let, let's say if he is retired. Now, the influence he's had on MMA in general has been, I think it's been been really good. You know, a lot of people disliked him for years and years and years. I never really did. I always kind of liked his shtick. And maybe it's because, you know, I'm from this side of the world and the Americans, you know, didn't really get his... We know guys like that, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, I met like 15 guys like that at the weekend, you know. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's, it's maybe a little bit alien to them. But I think people began to understand him throughout the years. And over the last kind of four or five years, he's become, kind of come one of those... Uh, one of those heels that people like if, if you uh, got a kind of pro wrestling and obviously he's one of those guys i think that You're basically saying he's stone cold he is a bit stone cold <laughs> yeah but I, th I think he is one of those guys that some guys you look at them and say okay they're not getting everything out of their career you know they're not getting everything out of their ability but i think michael bisping is one of those guys when you look back at his career you think he got more out of his career than he probably should have you know i don't think he's I don't think he's the most powerful guy in the world. I don't think he's the most, you know, technically gifted guy. I don't think he's the most athletic guy in the world. But he went in there and he, you know, he knocked out Luke Rockhold. He beat Anderson Silva. You know, he fought GSP. He won the UFC title. You know, it's just been an unbelievable career for him. And I think it's all kind of down to hard work and, you know, intelligence and, you know, a ballsy guy. You know, I think it's just, uh, he's, he's had a tremendous career, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. It, it kind of seemed like he was never going to get that title. He kept falling at the, that hurdle, that kind of like title contention match, and he just kept losing. And it, he, I think he even said when he did a a, a, a couple error or an error video with Ariel, where they kind of went around went around Manchester or whatever it was, he kind of said like he always kind of knew he was going to win the title. And then Ariel's like, "Now do you still think that he's like kind of coming to terms with the fact that I'm 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 probably not going to win the title." And then he gets called in on sure and notice what he's doing a movie, knocks out his right like a guy we hate who who you know, Luke Rockhold had beaten him before and kind of was slagging him before, saying, Oh, I'm, I've got an injured knee, but I'm gonna beat you anyway, and just being really arrogant and business went in there, sure notice and knocked him out in the first round and became the champion. And you know, it was uh, okay, maybe maybe uh, a lot of people thought that Anderson Silva beat Bisbing and he, he before that and all, but he got the decision over Anderson Silva as well, the guy who, who he's looking up at uh, at the top of that division, his whole tenure in the UFC, mm -hmm. wanting to fight that guy, like tr just falling at the final hurdle, falling at the final hurdle. And then he got the decision over him, even though maybe he was TKO'd in the middle of the fight as well. And that was a very weird situation, but he, you know, the record books show that he has a win over Anderson Silva and that he was the UFC champion and he knocked out 
Luke Rockall. So he, he really, like, his career seemed like it was just kind of going to pitter out, but then he really had a resurgence. Like, even that eye injury as well, like, that, like I thought that was going to play a factor, factor. Like, I saw that in person. Like, we went we went out drinking with Bisping one time, and you see that eye up close, it just looks weird. Like, it looks great. It just looks weird. I thought that, I thought that was going to affect him, but it doesn't seem to have. Um, he's just he's done really well against adversity because like you know he lost a bunch of guys who were, who were on TRT or pop for drugs as well like it, or maybe they didn't pop for drugs when he fought them but they popped for drugs afterwards or before he and he never he never did like so fair play to him he he seems to have done it clean he he, he got there when maybe even he thought it, his time had passed and he got his big money fight he got his hometown title defense against Dan Henderson a lot of people thought Dan Henderson won that fight as well but in the record books he won that fight so. He he, yeah, a brilliant career in the end, but um, he'll probably be back as well. <clears throat> probably, probably fair play to him. Uh, Fabrizio Bardun, then another thing we, I suppose, we can't talk about that much. He failed a drugs test, uh, or he's flagged at least by you. Yeah, potential, uh, yeah, potential. We like, I think, who was it recently? There's three or four people. Junior dos Santos was one of them. Yeah, Sorry, Junior dos Santos was one of them. Yeah. He, you know, he got popped, uh, and then it was turned out to be bullshit and. You know, we, we saw yeah. this old Canelo thing and all, you know, you'd never know. But it, like, well, let's wait to see what yeah, happens. But, see, yeah, yeah if, if it is some some PED and it gets proven, then it kind of tarnishes him. Um, he, like, he he's in, he w- would have been in the talk for, like, best heavyweight, top top few best heavyweights of all time. And mm-hmm. I think if this turns out to be true, he'll drop out, he'll drop out of that in a lot of people's minds. All right, Graham, let's get to the... Uh, the questions, so we're going to go to our Patreon people. We have a good few Patreon questions this week. So if you want to sign up for Patreon, if you haven't already, go to patreon.com forward slash severe podcast. It's about four euro ten cent a month, so less than the price of a point. Uh, we have loads of things there. You get, you know, you get your question answered first on the podcast. Uh, you can there's community over there. You can ask us questions throughout the week and we'll come on and we'll answer them even when the podcast uh, is not on. And uh, we've loads of... Uh, Last week we had Luke things. Thomas. Luke mm-hmm. Thomas and May fighting on to preview the Champions League final between Real Madrid and Liverpool and, and UFC Liverpool. Yeah. Um, we're, we're lining up some um, some other stuff. We don't, we don't, I don't have to say things ahead of time before they're recorded in case they don't happen. So uh, we always have content coming out and we have loads of content back there. Uh, we, I don't know how many we have, but we must have hundreds. There's like something like that yeah i think there's like 70 audio posts and then there's video posts and then written posts as well so literally it was like two and a half months uh, already and there's literally like there's like a post every day usually or you know we might have <clears throat> three in one day and then none the next day and then like two yeah. the day after or whatever but yeah there's breaking always news happens we'll do a quick 15 20 minute reaction yeah. like um like when mcgregor smashed up that bus allegedly allegedly we did a, <laughs> <laughs> we, did a we did a reaction and if you actually if you do it like in the next two days uh if you sign up to for a 20 euro subscriber you'll get a uh, 15 minute um you get a 15 minute section of whatever you want to talk and then the, the, when, yeah your topic and then when the month passes you get another one so if you sign up like today for 20 dollars you'll get one today and then you'll get another one in like two days time so do that and you'll also how many of those you've like a uh, mcgregor posters and dvds oh yeah i think i have i think i have four posters left and uh, oh. a few dvds so uh yeah if you want a poster that was a big poster that was used at the notorious premiere uh i don't think you can buy them anywhere you can't buy them anywhere in fact so uh yeah if you want one of them sign up quick i'd say if you put that in ebay it'd be worth more than 20 dollars wouldn't it probably yeah, be some go. mcgregor nuts out there there you go. All right, let's get on to the question. So Brian Harrington over on Patreon. With Till missing weight and probably not getting a title shot next, what do you think of Till versus Lawler? I think that'd be, mm, that'd be a good fight. I don't want to see Lawler in there against against Till. 
I think Lawler Lawler's over the hill. He's he's. Oh, I just think he's gonna get knocked out if he goes in there against Till. Yeah, he yeah he probably is in fairness, but it's you know Usman against Till maybe makes makes a little bit of sense now. Um, but the interim the interim title winner, I think, Kobe or or uh, or the A. See, not just gonna fight uh, the the champion, Tyron Woodley. He's off having surgery, isn't he? Uh, but he already had it. I think he's on his way back, isn't he? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not Kobe sure. and Rodia seem to fight regularly enough as well. I think Darren Till probably wants to. Yeah. These bats don't mean anything anyway. Yeah. Do you see rankings page won't open from here either? So, yeah, that'll do. Uh, Darrell Sullivan, what do you make of Darren Till's control of the crowd in the arena on Sunday night? And do you think it played a big part in him not getting the decision or him getting the decision? Sorry, he got them going with a good walkout. And even during the fight, wagged his finger to the crowd when they booed Wonderboy for the eye poke. Seemed really comfortable and bass in the spotlight for such a young man. Personally, don't think it would have been a robbery either way. Yeah, that, that's definitely a good point. I think he did. He, like, he. He, his game plan and his demeanor and the way he controlled the crowd was all of someone who, you know, who's used to that situation. He obviously isn't used to that situation, but I think, you know, in that in that realm, I think he did really, really well. Do you, you agree? I'd presume Graham did. Yeah, yeah, he, brilliant. Like a good walkout tune to get the crowd going right before as well is is vital. Like as a hometown guy, you don't want some weird slow thing or some techno or you know some really heavy metal or something. You know, you want something that the crowd can sing along to and get into and mm-hmm. you know like zombie or something like when Ashton Daly walked out of that like that made the fight people more into the fight like you just even Chris Levin when he came out to Mad World and you know just something different that people can something that's not just standard Maniac 2000 if you're ever fighting in yeah. Ireland walk out the yeah, people will go berserk if you came insane. in there. insane Callum Divin with Bisping now retired who do you think he'll fight next end of the year card maybe I'll joke aside uh, do you think it's a genuine <laughs> retirement or will he be back to me like I'm I'm we I think the two of us are probably the most two skeptical people of retirements in the world but I kind of do think it's a real retirement do you kind of do um do i uh i don't know like it'd be very naive of me to say yes when 99.999 of these yeah. of these are are fake he seems not, to I think thought they, about it though I think, they, I think they intend them at the time mm. look at chuck Liddell, like for fuck's sake yeah that's true that is true that is true uh evan keeveney thoughts on a potential gechi ayakunta matchup that, that sounds like fun yeah. to me. Give, like, yeah. What about lando, lando and uh and uh Either them would be good as well. Yeah, sign me up for that. Hundred percent. Find anybody, and I'm gonna watch that. Yeah, like, basically. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Johnny Byrne, with it being the summer of the World Cup, I'd be interested to hear your selections. If countries send teams to an MMA World Cup, first starting off with the UFC, UFC weight class is playing. Thanks, lads. Okay, who'd win? Who's the best MMA country in the world? The, the UFC fucking rankings won't open for me. So I hold on, you should, you should, you should just. <clears throat> you're going to be doing your your oh, yes. World Cup preview where you you basically do what yes. what he asked there. So. Save it for that. Yeah, I, I will save it for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we might. Do you know what? We could actually put that up early access on Patreon as well, because you can just put up written posts. So that's what we do. We put that up early access on Patreon for everyone to see there, and then it'll be up like two or three days later on the, on the normal website. So we'll do that. When's the World Cup starting? How long have I to do that? Um, like two weeks. Oh, is it? Big round, so big round. Yeah, so we'll do that there. But uh, yeah, we'll do that there. Uh, Sean Denny is Judah Dan Kelly the first inductee into Team Graham Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think we need Hall of Fames. You you love a bit of Dan Kelly, don't you? Yeah, no, he's hilarious. I love the way he comes out. Several knee straps on, several straps on his ankles and knees, and he's just he's just this old man strength, and he's just a grinder, and he's just a tough judo guy like he he's just really tough but he's really old and i don't think he can uh, it's tough to pick up 
stuff as you as you get older, like when you're young, you can pick up stuff much quicker. Like, and he's coming from a judo background. And he's he's done well to pick up MMA, and he had some great victories, and he beat some guys maybe who are a lot more experienced than him on the feet, and he beat them on the feet. So, he, he maybe if he had gone to the sport a lot earlier, he he, he could have gone much further. But I I think he's kind of he's beaten the best guy he's gonna be like he's not gonna be, beat anybody better than he's already beat. I don't think at this stage. Yeah, 100%. Jack Durges asks, in which of these uh, categories would Bisping be top ever in the UFC? Most successful tough alumni. Um, yeah, he'd have to be up there, I suppose. TJ Dillashaw, Rashad Evans, Forrest Griffin. Mm, he'd have yeah, to be up there. Um, he's, he's won more fights than anyone else in the UFC, won the championship, earned a lot of money. It's, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a good shout, actually. Yeah, best Brit. Yeah, he's probably he's definitely. What about Nate Diaz? Brit. He's probably made the most money, has he? Yeah, Nate Diaz is a good shout, but he never won the UFC tight leader. He won the money, the money he fight. The money. He won the money fight, but he uh, Bisping fought GSP as well. I'm sure he earned a good bit from that, but yeah. not not the levels of McGregor. Um, what's his name? Yes. Yeah. Uh, best Brit. Yeah, I think he he probably is best trash talker. Mm, I don't best think he's above best Brit. <laughs> I, I, I think. I'd nearly put him. No, I would. McGregor is the best trash talker, trash and natural. I think Shell Sonnen is the best trash talker, but I think McGregor is a better trash talker than him. I think Bisping would be the second best natural trash talker after McGregor. He's definitely up there. I think he's. Yeah, he's really I think he, I think Chael's was was very entertaining while it was fresh, and then it just yeah. recycled. And but Bisping's is more quick wit rather than you mm-hmm. like thinking ahead and writing and kind of deciding what you're going to say. I think Connor and Bisping are off the cuff, which makes it more. Make, I prefer that. Yeah, me too. And I loved as well when uh, that GSP Bisping press conference. People so, hated that, but I loved the, when he, GSP said he was drunk or something. And Bisping was like, "Yeah, the fight in for four months." <laughs> make if i'm drunk and it's like yeah it's it's true uh most underrated fighter um i think he no i don't think he is the most underrated fighter i don't think he's the best fighter in the world but i think he just as i was talking about earlier on i just think he 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 went past where he should have been rated i think i just think he was an overachieving fighter maybe it would be a would be a good thing for him uh another couple from from jack <clears throat> and we move on to twitter then is till post fight rant being blown out of proportion by other fighters isn't the sort of shit a prerequisite these days after all that bravado he clearly uh, stated several times he thinks wonder by deserves a title shot over him because he missed away I, I didn't see there were people giving out about it and stuff i didn't see that yeah, I don't but know. People give out about everything like yeah. this moment already. People. I saw a few people giving out about him and saying cunts or something in, in the post fight. Oh, like, you know, Irish and English, English people say cunts all the time. If if you're if you if one of your problems in life is somebody saying the word cunt, then you've got no problems there. Mm-hmm. And another great question as well from Jack, which we funny enough I didn't see it, but we talked about it earlier. He said about control, and he goes, "Does that encapsulate control of the octagon?" Big Sean says, "Big John has come out and said it does not." But if one of the other criteria is effective grappling, what else can it mean? Like I, uh, grappling, you know, effective grappling, effective striking. I think it's, you know, it's, effective striking is landing your strikes. Effective grappling is. Getting your takedowns and then moving past, you know, moving, getting, getting submissions, you know, if you're or holding them in place, yeah, or holding, yeah, but you know, something, something that's having an effect. I think controlling the fight, controlling the octagon, it, it, it is, it's, it's a striking kind of a thing, but I don't know, it's, it's a weird one, you know, it's, it's someone who's like controlling the fight, pushing the fight, but you, it, there's a difference, you know, we, we talked about it earlier, but like 
Till wasn't really pushing that fight as much as he normally would. Or, you know, Wonderboy was fighting his fight more than Till was fighting his fight, if you know what I mean. You know, Wonderboy was, was doing better with where the area in which the fight was fought. So, you know, you said, because Till is walking forward, he should be winning, even though the guy he's fighting against is doing better in the same space. You know, that makes absolutely no sense at all. You know, if one guy is going forward, and he's losing to a guy that's going backwards. Then the guy who's going backwards is controlling it, you know, and that, that's how I see it anyway. Right, let's move on to Twitter here, and I'll answer, we'll answer four or five of these, and then I'll bring the rest over to Patreon, and it'll probably be up uh, Wednesday or Thursday this week, and I'll also have a rewatch up. I'm not sure which uh, which file I'll do yet, so someone someone send me in a few tweets, and I'll, I'll, do, one of, uh, <clears throat> I'll do one of them. Uh, Alan Murphy. Uh, it's not Murphy. Alan, someone AJK undercard Dublin. Alan Murphy is Poros. That's not him. A different guy. Did Connor snub Dana, or was it the other way around? And did you see Habib's cousin posting up the Fice poster? Yeah, it, uh, apparently the whole McGregor was supposed to meet Dana White over, and there was some scheduling thing or something, and they're going to meet up in a couple of weeks or something like that. Uh, someone posted, and uh, yeah, Habib liked the poster of uh, of McGregor and him, which you know I don't think it's it's probably Ali Abdelaziz in here, but you, <laughs> you 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 didn't see much into that, did you? Was, was there? There wasn't much to that, was there? Um, I don't know, like, uh, the the Habib thing uh, I'm blocked by Habib, so I don't see what's got what he does. But uh, <laughs> Ali Abdaziz, I think, tried to block me, and he follows me. Can't work Twitter. He actually followed me as well recently, oh, yeah? even though he blocked me with Habib before. With Habib, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, he's an he's an odd he's an odd man that uh, Ali. He's an odd man. Uh, John Minton asks, "What do you think of the decision on the Americani night fight? What do you think, Graham?" I thought Amir Khan, just did enough, but I can see that not. I can see if either way, because nothing really happened in that third round, um, except for that one punch that I thought I thought was significant, uh, the most significant moment by a mile in that round. Yeah, uh, Mr. Podge and a few more people actually asked about Bisping and what's your fav- favorite uh, Bisping moment and stuff. My, my favorite Bisping moment, and I, you know, I'm one of these weirdos who like my favorite moment in UFC history is Eddie Alvarez's flying knee against the Sanders. I just love that so much. But my, Bisping, when he fell off the pool table on tough against Mayhem Miller, remember that? He just slipped off the pool table, absolutely smashed his head off the pool table. It was one of the funniest things ever. But uh. I, that rock hold moment was just unbelievable too, wasn't yeah, it? You know, I was gonna say that. Yeah, 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 just unbelievably good. Um, Patrick Sheehan with the two Woodley fights, and now what Vanny are saying about the Till fight is wonder by the most robbed man in MMA. Uh, it's uh, he needs to do more to like Dane always says, it and people kind of laugh, but leaving it in the hands of the judges is like I know you have to leave it in the hands of the judges when they're close fights, but in, in a way, like. You know, you, you got to try and put an exclamation mark on these rounds when they're close because they can be influenced by their angle. They can be influenced by the crowd. They can be influenced by preferences they like in fighting that maybe isn't in the scoring criteria, but they still score like that anyway. So you, 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 he should have he should have done more in especially in that second Woodley fight and the tail fight to just mm-hmm. make sure that he won them rounds. When I know he knows he's outstriking them, like. He thinks he's outstriking them, and he thinks, "Oh, I got these rounds in the bag." Like he thought he was four rounds up going to the last round, but he mustn't have must have known that they were close. Like so, it is partly a lot. A lot of it falls on on Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Even though I thought he won one of them fights against Woodley, the first one, and I thought he beat Darren Till, but yeah. they aren't robberies. I don't think they're they're too close to be robberies. He leaves the rounds too close. 
I agree. I agree. Uh, Andy Stevenson, is there anyone you'd like to see Aaron Chalmers fight next? He asked, "Would it, do you think it'd be time for uh, them to give him maybe two and, someone who's 2 and all, 2 and one type fighter? Charlie Ward. Charlie Ward. What, what, but yeah, what was Chalmers fighting at the week? Your man, he was fighting missed weight today. What, what was the crack with that? Uh, who cares? It doesn't matter about the weight, does it? No, yeah. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. All right, one or two more here. Um, Andy Hall and a few few more people asked as well about this um this weight limit that Darren Till was made. He was made to stay at 188 pounds afterwards. I saw a lot of people yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw a lot of people saying um that it didn't really make too much. Sense. I think Peter Quilly uh tweeted me about it as well. But look for me. A lot of people were saying he's around 200, 205, 206 pounds or something like I that. I all sorts of different numbers for that. Yeah, it's, it's there were so many. Number. People were, some people were like 220 something, like you were hearing 190 something, you were hearing 200 something. It was yeah. just it was numbers flying around all over the place. My, my biggest problem with this is, you know, I don't think anyone is saying it's 188 pounds is what he's cutting down from, you know, and you're limiting him to that. And I know he has time to, to you know, get weight back on after that. Again, it was at 1 p.m. and the fight was at 9 or whatever. But still, I think he, I think it's really, really dangerous for someone to cut, you know, 20 pounds odd and then not allow him to put all of it back on. You know, I think that is really... I, I'd cancel a fight before that. I think that's really, really, really seems dangerous. Really just, it seems like an unnecessary risk to yeah. take. Like, just give him more purse or give him more bonus... Uh, if if they are to win a bonus, give him more of the bonus. Like so just mm -hmm. apparently, Till offered a hundred percent of his his purse, but Wonderboy didn't want that. He didn't want to take all his money. Mm -hmm. Wonderboy's just too nice. <laughs> he's a real nice guy. He's a real nice guy. All right, last question here, and I'll answer uh, some more of them over on uh, over on uh, Patreon. So if you have any questions for us, hit them in to at Severe Med Pod as soon as this podcast comes out in, in the next day or two, and, and I'll have a post up there. Uh, Mr. Podge, how do you think Rory versus Musafi would go? A lot of talk about that, wasn't there? I think uh, Rory called him out afterwards. Musafi kind of accepted. That's a smashing fight for Bellator, isn't it? Yeah, it's a really good fight. I think. <sighs> I think Rory would probably win, but the size as well will be a thing. And if Musashi turns up when he when he when he's on, he is very dangerous. Like that could go either way. But I think Rory is more consistent. And the size thing though as well. I'd like to see them I'd like to see them square up first, see just how much bigger Musashi actually is. Yeah, I, I'd like to see that as well. Um yeah, I, I agree. I, I think I think Rory McDonald did win. I, I I think a lot of Musashi's qualities as well are are used by his wrestling i think he's very good wrestling but i don't think he'd have a wrestling advantage over rory mcdonald i know he might be a little bit bigger and stuff and i think the striking i think rory's a very good striker his jab is just so good and all i don't don't think i could see him getting uh, picked apart or anything but i do think it i think it'd be a good fight and even fight I'd probably go five rounds but i i would uh i'd pick rory for that one all right that's it thanks to everybody for listening head on over to patreon.com forward slash we my podcast sign up there uh and that's it graham any any last words before we go no, that's that's good. Well, well done, Sean. You you got through it, even though you're you're hanging. I I am fucking pumping sweat here. I'm I'm absolutely on the way out. Roaster the last good couple of days. I need to get back out into the sun. So Unreal, yeah, me too. Well, a few beers. All right, everybody. Uh, international quote of the week: Bitterness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. We'll see you next Tuesday, but it'll probably be Sunday this week.